Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. And today's the first day of rain, so thank you, thank you. Yeah, it is quite nice. It is pouring outside. Yeah, it's just, uh it smells beautiful. I can like, it's like a fresh breath of air. And it's just like, I want to cozy up and, you know, drink some coffee. Yeah. I was loath to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, to come morning. here. Yeah, I was like, I hate my life. Why do I agree <laughs> to do this fucking podcast? And I've made a lot of bad choices in my life. Yeah. No. Man, good. <laughs> it's, it's good. No, it's beautiful outside, and Michelle actually uh, made the drink this time. What is it, Michelle? I don't want to talk about it, okay. Kaylin. Well, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> okay, that's not as enthusiastic as maybe we should hope for. No, because of the cold, rainy weather, yeah. we were like, and the fact that my stepdaughter recently went to New York and got these kick-ass butterbeer mugs from the Harry Potter New York's store cute so thank you faith um but so we made warm butter beers Mm -hmm. and didn't hit it out of the park is maybe what i mean to say if you could see caitlin's face (laughs) as she sips this drink it's one of those no it's good and then she takes a sip and has like the worst grimace on her face ever (laughs) so obviously she's just trying to be nice it's just a little Rum for. I think we used the wrong type of rum. Yeah. We need yeah. to sort of dial in the alcohols a little bit better. Because yes. I took a non-alcoholic version of a warm butter beer and okay. obviously made it alcoholic. Yeah. And didn't didn't kill it. Okay. So yeah. this is what I did. Is first you take some... I took like a half a cup or so. No, it was like three quarters of a cup of brown sugar and then a third of a cup of butter, and then a quarter cup of corn syrup, and boiled that until it became caramely and delicious. Mm. So that got to, I don't even know what temperature, like, it's supposed to be 240, mine said 211, and it was almost on the verge of burning, so I had to fold off. I see, I see. (laughs) So you add a little cream to that, a little dark rum, as I did, boom, you got butterscotch. Okay, so now you put that at the bottom of the glass, You put a little warm milk over the top of that. We added rum that was, tastes like whiskey. So that's, I think, where we went wrong. Yeah. It's really fancy rum, It's a fancy, I got it for my birthday. So thank you, Alan. But it was, it kind of tastes like whiskey. Yeah, well, and we're like, we need to appreciate this fancy bottle of rum. And decided to take shots of it. Yeah, well, sippers. Sippers. You can't appreciate a shot. Yeah, you're quite right. Well, yeah. I didn't appreciate the sipper or the shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Ooh. yeah. It, <laughs> it's also morning time. I haven't eaten anything. Yeah. And now we've taken shots of Five Farms, rum, yeah. and back to our butterbeer. Okay. Butterscotch, warm milk, and then a little cream soda on top of that mm-hmm. and a little whipping cream on top. Yeah. Boom. You got your warm butterbeer. That tastes very whiskey like and makes caitlin apparently want to puke when she drinks it (laughs) i'll finish it no now it's a challenge i'm gonna find a delicious warm butterbeer recipe all right i don't think we hit it this time and we will hit it next time 
I'm I'm here for it. I'll be your <laughs> taste tester whenever you need. You're willing to try. Oh yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Ready? Uh, obviously I'm ready. <laughs> I have my weird butter beer here, ready to rock and roll. Cute. Does it? It looks gross now. Uh, I mean the glass. Yeah, the glass does look okay. cute. So, all right, take us away, Caitlin. This story is about Daniel Lyon. All right, Daniel so Lyon. So Daniel in his Daniel is in his early twenties, and he graduated from the University of Washington. Okay. In college, he gained a passion for serving his community. And Can I stop you right here? Mm, yeah. Sorry. Um, I've taken a little break from the better beer uh-huh. and now have come back to it. Yeah. And turns out I like it more. Oh, I don't you? know if it's just... Should I try it then? The Five Farms. I don't know if I was. <laughs> nope. That face is back. <laughs> I tried it. It's fine. <laughs> uh... All right, back to fucking Daniel, whatever. I think I have hair on my chest now. <laughs> it was pretty rumalicious. Well, okay. Oh my gosh, what? I'm sorry, you didn't drink your shot, so I had to add it to your drink. That's what you get. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank Continue you. Continue on. <laughs> so, Daniel became a reserve officer after college. And this is pretty much like a volunteer officer position, so it doesn't pay. Oh, okay. With, like, the National Reserves, or? No, with the police officers. Like, oh, uh, okay. The law enforcement. Gotcha. So, but it was a stepping stone, though, to become, like, a full-time officer, you know? And that's his ultimate goal? Yes. Gotcha. He wants to become a police officer. But to make some money, he applied to be a wildland firefighter for the U.S. service. Mm. And so during the weekdays, he would be a firefighter. On the weekends, he would be the reserve police officer. Caitlin. Yeah. Is this about wire? Oh, God. Is this about wildfires? Could be. Because my story was this close. Really? To being about fucking wildfires. Oh, shit. Like, in fact, it's like up on my computer at home. And I was like, I'll save it for next time. Well, there we go. All right. All right. I should have gone with my gut. Maybe. As we say. Yeah, you have to listen to it. So he's making money during the week, you know, firefighting, weekdays. uh, So weekends, he's the fire. Oh my gosh. The weekends, he's a police officer. So he's working seven days a week, man. He's fucking hustling hard. Yeah, he is. August 19th, 2015, he was working his normal shift as a firefighter, and him and his crew got dispatched to a fire outside a small town called Twisp, Washington. Twisp? Yeah, Twisp. Mm, Twisp. (laughs) I enjoy saying that. (laughs) Twisp. Daniel and three others were working to provide structure protection to some of the houses that were at risk. Okay, so they're trying to prevent the houses from getting burned down. Exactly, yep. Okay. But then the wind drastically increased and and it caused the fire to explode into an inferno. Oh, God. This is terrifying already. And this fire was coming straight for them. Ugh. And that fire moves so fast. So fast. Incredibly oh, fast. God. Daniel and his team jumped into the fire engine to get out. The driver had no choice but to drive back down to the dead end road that was now overtaken by fire in order to get to their safety zone. Ugh. So their safety zone is past the fire, so they have to go through the fire to get to their safety zone. What the fuck? Is it because now the fire has changed, and so they didn't probably have to go through the fire before, Correct. but now they do? Because, yeah, it okay. now just... Has overtaken them. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, Everything is on fire now. And it happened 
quick. I actually think I might have had the same story. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good thing so I didn't bring it. Yeah. The flames caused an intense amount of smoke that made it very hard to see. It was so bad that the driver veered off the road and crashed into a steep ravine. <gasps> oh. And they were immediately engulfed in flames. Oh my god. So Daniel's choice was either stay in the truck and die or run through the fire and die or try to make it out. Motherfuck. So Mother. He, <laughs> so he decided to run. He's going to fucking make a break for it. He crawled up the ravine and ran fast as he could, but now he's on fire because of the flames he are already literally on, on fire. fire. Yes, he's running while on fire. Oh my God. He was screaming for help, not only for himself, but his buddies as well. As he was running, he was yelling, we have guys entrapped, and kept trying to point backwards oh, to show. As he's on fire. Yes, yes. Daniel does not remember feeling pain. Oh. Because he, I mean, his adrenaline's going. Like, yeah. he has to run for his life. He's trying to save his buddy's life. But. Oh, God, this sounds terrible and awful and scary. He got back to his colleagues, and they started to do in treatment. In the safety zone? In the safety zone. Okay. So they tried to do uh, treatment right then and there, but his body started to get cold and his body was going into shock and they knew that was not good. They uh. cut off his boots because they were like glued to him. <gasps> and then they, he said, then they injected me that made me sleep. He didn't know what it was. So I'm sure oh. it was, I don't know what it was. They didn't say, but they injected something for him to go to sleep because Probably I'm sure. for the best. Yeah, his so he body didn't feel is... pain and they have to cut all this stuff off of him. Oh, God, that's terrifying. He wakes up a month later. What? Yep. A month? A whole month. Later? He woke up in the burn center in Seattle, Washington. Oh, my God. Like, almost, thank God. Yeah. Because he probably slept through the absolute worst, worst of it. Worst part, yeah. Oh, probably. My God. Did they put him in a coma? I think that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. They put him to sleep and then did it induce coma when he got to the hospital i would assume that's i mean a Probably. whole month yeah i mm. oh my god i think that's what they do with burn victims i think put induced coma because it's just so painful for them mm. oh okay. my gosh unfortunately he's the only one that made it oh and his no. colleagues did not mm. or his buddies his brothers so he states, I remember looking at myself thinking I look like a mummy bandaged from head to toe. It didn't freak me out until the first day I saw my face in a mirror with no bandages. I was overwhelmed with crushing sadness. Oh, God. They, all of his fingertips had been amputated and part of his ears were amputated as well. He went through several surgeries but still needed a lot of graphing done and more surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitative therapy. Oh, Daniel began hating his life. Oh, God. I know. I know. Daniel. He was in so much pain. The pain of just being burnt was indescribable. It's misery, he said. Well, I believe it. Just yeah. the few burns that I've had, which yeah. were not insignificant, but nothing, of course. Oh, yeah. Daniel's burns. Well, when I burned my hand, like, I couldn't, it was just... Even though it had ice on it, it just kept burning. Yeah, it just it, aches and aches and aches, yeah. and there's no relief from it. I just like it's so crazy. Like just just a little hand burn, like it, it blistered and such, so, yeah. but it just kept burning. It, so your whole body Ugh. is just that. Oh my god, I could not even imagine. 
Daniel said he never wanted to kill himself, but he had thoughts about if he fell asleep and never woke up, then that wouldn't be the worst thing. I know. That is heartbreaking to hear. Isn't it? What? Oh my goodness. So, okay. (sighs) At the beginning of his third month at the bird center, he was moved to the rehab floor. And this is the floor that people went to before they get released. Okay. That room was full of people recovering from burns, gunshot wounds, and other intense injuries. Wow. Every day the therapist would walk him down a long hallway to get him to, they call it the gym. So it's where everyone is doing physical therapy. Oh, okay. Just moving already was painful. So walking down this long hallway was just unbearable. Ugh. It took him all his energy and he begged for a wheelchair, but they encouraged him to walk. They're like, nah, man, you gotta, you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll kill you all. Well, da- Daniel did get angry one day and just finally snapped at the nurses because everyone in that unit had a wheelchair sitting outside their rooms except for him and they would always make him walk. Oh. But the nurses told him those people may never walk again and you still have a chance. Fuck nurses, lay it on. I know, right? (laughs) Okay, I'll walk. Jeez. He said that was the most selfish thing that he said there. And that conversation changed everything. And he realized that what was limiting him the most was his mindset. Oh. Sometimes you need some tough love. Yeah. That nurse fucking gave it to him. Jeez. Hope you're happy with yourself, Daniel. (laughs) God, poor guy. He states, from that day on, I have made sure to never take any day for granted and to feel blessed for everything I have. Mm-hmm. So, four years later now, okay. Daniel can walk, he can run, and he is loving his life. He even climbed Mount Rainier to honor his friends who did not make it. Aww. I know, right? <sighs> life, of course, is, is not perfect. There are some rough days, and it's just not about the physical injuries, it's the mental ones as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet that survival get that survival guilt is really strong too. Probably, but I don't know what I was gonna say. It was gonna be profound was and it? awesome and exactly correct. And then you had a drink of that butter beer and yeah, lost and a whole like, thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just good job, Daniel. How's yeah. that? <laughs> he says that ninety nine point nine percent of people that he meets give him respect and you know, treat them like a regular person. But there's that 1%, like, people online that say rude things about his appearance. What? Are I you know. serious? On his social media, yeah. Okay, those people can fuck themselves. Exactly. They can just hide behind a stupid keyboard and can say whatever they want, just like that one-star review we got on iTunes. <laughs> You know what I was thinking of the other day what? is when we, we posted a picture on music day and the guy was like, you're lame. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you're more lame. That's what I wanted to say. I mean, if that's the worst we got was, you yeah. guys are lame. It's like, fair yeah. enough. It's like, I mean, beep, 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 beep. I don't want anyone's like that where it's just yeah. all swear words. Yeah. That's fine. And dropping I mean, fair enough. Or... Sometimes we're kind of lame. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> She's crying. I don't care. <laughs> You need to stalk his profile. You know, and it's like, no, my nephews get bullied from time to time. And it's like, what the F? Like, why? People in the world. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, just why? I just, I don't understand. Yeah. Bullies suck. Let's try to lift each other up, not break each other down. Just because you feel shitty doesn't mean you make everyone else feel shitty. Thank you, Caitlin. Yes. Ugh. Anywho. All right. 
Daniel says never to give up, and the people that tell you you can't do something should just feel, fuel you into... I thought you were going to say you could just fuck off, <laughs> no. and I was like, yeah, Daniel! <laughs> no, fuel you into proving them wrong. Yeah. He loves it when people say that he can't do something, he just proves them wrong. He's like, watch me do it, because yep. I'm going to do it right in your face. Daniel's goal is still to become a police officer, and he is back spending time at the police department, and he, wow. yeah, so he gets to go on, you know, I would say ride-alongs, but he gets to participate. So he doesn't drive, he's in the passenger seat, but mm. every time he's in the passenger seat, he just feels that love and passion again. So, wow, I know, so hopefully, you know, he can get his own squad car yeah. and become a full-time policeman and... Live the dream. Live the dream that he wants. He was scared with the whole amputating of his fingertips and not being able to move his hands, you know, because, you know, he was burnt, um, to fire a gun because that's one of the qualifications to become a police officer is to be able to... Where I'm like, ha, 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 no fingerprints. I will live a life (laughs) of crime crime. (laughs) from now on. You can't catch me. As you probably catch me in the room. As your hair is just everywhere. (laughs) 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 DNA Damn it, Caitlin, you're probably Sorry, right. Yeah. Solve the crime. Dog hair, be like, this, this is, is the- goose hair. Yeah. I just spit everywhere, Caitlin. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think that Five Farms uh, does have a little bit more alcohol. I guess so. I'm sorry. I doubted it. Because obviously I haven't drank that much of this butterbeer. <laughs> Less, Next more than time. you, though. Yeah, it is. well, I, I'm telling my story, Michelle. I can't drink during it. Whatever. I can drink during my story. Do you do? Yeah. I can multitask. <laughs> Good talent. But good job, Daniel. And I really hope, because this, the update was in 2020. So I don't know about 2021 if he, you know. He's killing he, it this year. He probably is. He probably is. Absolutely. Like his goal was to do that. And look at him. He's there. He's doing it. So good job, Daniel. Keep up. Keep inspiring. Oh, I know. I yes. feel so inspired. I feel like Fuck I should just go run down a hill or up a hill. Sorry. <laughs> I can run down a hill. I don't know about running up it, but... I feel like I can right now. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> running. All I imagine is you like running down this hill. It's like, ah, I don't rain. know what. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Maybe. All right, Michelle. Sorry. It is a, uh, it's your turn about your story. Whatever. I don't want to tell it. All right. Well, I am going to take us back to probably 2019. Probably. That sounds good. <laughs> I don't have an exact date. Yeah. Um, I do have an exact day, but I don't know the year. That's so, fine. That's December fine. 15th. And this story is about Bill McDonald. Okay. So, Bill McDonald is a 92-year-old gentleman Aww. who has gotten a little stir-crazy during deer hunting season in his hometown of Winchester, Virginia. Okay. So, he's there. He's watching out the window, seeing the snow kind of fall down and just really wanted to get out and be in the wilderness because that's like his favorite thing oh and his wife joanna was like nah you're not going out there and he's like i am gonna go out there and she's like you're not gonna go out there and he's like i am going out there and she's like well don't bring your gun and he's like i'm going hunting and he took off with his gun by himself 92 when it's snowing yeah all right yeah so he's ready to rock and roll he is. No, he's not even having it. And she said, take a friend. And he said, they're all dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm going alone. And he's, she said, take Bill Jr. And Bill Jr. is his son, of course. Okay, yeah. Who could not go because he was at a football game. And 
He was like, I can't. And Joanna was like, you're a damn old fool. And he said, agreed. And then they left. And they took off. So I love him. Yeah, you're you're going to be treated to quite a bit of this. He's sassy. Yeah, he is sassy. I freaking love him. So actually, on this particular day, mm-hmm. uh, his wife, Joanna, didn't even try to talk sense into him. Because this is like an old song no and point. dance. Yeah. yeah, she's like, he's going to go. He had fought in World War II. He had fought in the Korean War. He's like, I don't need to be told what to do. I'm going to go. He's a badass. He is a badass. That's what it comes down to. So he heads out. He woke up at four in the morning and he grabbed his muzzle loader, which I'm assuming is some kind of rifle. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. I could have looked it up before this, but I have no oh well. Idea. He steered his uh, Jeep towards Shenandoah Mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, he drove down to the end of Old Laurel Run Logging Road. Okay. Old Laurel Run Logging Road. Yeah, so that ten times fast. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> and and then he sort of got to the trailhead and then hit the trail on foot. Mm. You're so cute with mm. trying to not have that grimace on your face as I'm you take trying. a sip. You can fuck yourself. <laughs> So now it's uh, 7.30 a.m. and it's about 25 degrees out and the sun is sort of coming out now and Bill has strict instructions from Joanna to be heading home by 2. He needs to be out of the woods by 2 and be home by 3. Okay. So that's what she said and he's like, no problem. Uh, He had plenty of time before sunset just in case he missed his deadline, uh, which he, I guess, often did. (laughs) So good old Bill. Not long into his hike, he finds this path that he didn't remember. And he was like, hmm, maybe this is a secret path to the king of all bucks. And I'm going to find, you know. The best kill. The best kill, yes. So he went on this (laughs) other trail. And so the temperature climbed up. Now it's into the 30s. And he veered off and back onto the trail, sort of looking for tracks, looking for signs on the trees that the bucks and deer have been through he didn't actually want to kill it he just wanted to sort of get a sight on it in his scope oh okay so he's just really kind of just enough to kind of get it going but i mean i think he understands that if he kills something he's not going to have a way to really right get it back just on his sport. own yeah he's just okay. out to be in the woods and to see them so around 11 a.m he emerged into a clearing that's along this ridge line he realized that he had walked further than he suspected oh. he's like what the i'm assuming fuck <laughs> um insert yeah insert Bad word expletive here. here. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, oh, shoot, I got to sort of find my way back. So he realized that his path up the mountain, he had sort of meandered quite a bit. So he sort of was going back and forth. And he figured he wasn't far from his Jeep as the crow flies, not necessarily via a trail. Oh. So he was like, I could probably take a shortcut. And start sort of looking around. But then he's just like, no, I maybe I shouldn't take a shortcut. Because he sort of looks down at his left hand and he remembers a mishap he had in Hawaii. Where oh. he and his wife had taken this once in a lifetime vacation for uh-huh. her 80th birthday. She needed an extra bag to like take souvenirs home or something. So he went to this little mall Uh near the hotel and on his way back he was like "Ugh, i can't be bothered to take the long way back i'm just gonna go down this embankment and skip over and he ended up tripping and broke his wrist and hands and now there were pins bolting his hand together um 
So he was like, maybe I shouldn't. But then he couldn't help himself. <laughs> so, that sounds like how you're going to be when you get older. <laughs> my God, you nailed it, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, my God. He just figured he'd be a little extra careful. Right. Okay. And he'd make his way. So okay. he began cutting his own path through the brush. So Bill is up on a ridge line, and so he is going to traverse his way down into a little bit more of a valley so mm-hmm. he can sort of get up to the next ridge line. That's okay. his plan. And so before he heads down, he actually gets a call from Joanna, and he's like, who might this be? Ooh la la, Bill. And she's like, it sounds like you're still alive, end of conversation. So, so funny. He's just like, eh, all is well. So he figures he could drop down into the valley, maybe do a little bit more hunting, and then head back up into onto the next ridgeline. So he does that. But then um, he's realizing the further he snakes down into the forest, the thinner and deeper the ridges become. And before long, it's just a long canyon. Canyon. Mm, canyon. <laughs> and, and so he sort of follows the canyon along, and next thing he knows, he's looking down on this giant waterfall. And oh. so he says it's 100 or possibly 200 feet tall, and Whoa. he's just like, oh, crap, this isn't what I need. So he looks to his right, and he sees this, like, 20-foot-high vertical rock, and he's just like, fuck it, I can climb that. What? <laughs> what? So, oh my gosh, he's got the ravine behind him and it's steep and long and he's just like, oh crap. And then to his left, he has a slightly less vertical and more creviced area. So that's where he heads to. And this whole area is covered in these sort of roots that are sticking out of the, out of the dirt. Like, I'm assuming where like the dirt has fallen off into this canyon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's just like, he he had a plan. He's going to climb up this ravine, up these, like, roots. He figured he could continue across and down the ridge line and make it to his Jeep in time. Uh, <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. What a character. So Bill begins to climb. Uh, I was like, he's amazing. 92. I know. Like, I... I would have been crying and probably like, I'm lost here forever. What am I going to do? But not Bill. confidence, man. I love it. (laughs) I know. Okay. So he grabs the fattest root and starts and sort of tugs on it to test whether it's, you know, he's not going to careen down into the canyon. Um, And then he heaved himself up and tried to get to the next solid perch and then just sort of made his way up, finding a perch and getting his bearings and then heading up again. What if, like, I could imagine, like, if his wife could just, like, be seeing this, she'd be like, oh, my gosh. Bill, God damn it. I'll kill you. That's what I would be saying. Uh... You're like, I should have known. I should have (laughs) known. So he finally keeps pushing upward until he finally gets on top of the rock wow, wall. Oh, he did it. Yeah, he did it. Everything burned and he needed a rest, but he was there. And at this point now it's 2.45 p.m. Oh. So he's missing his deadline. Mm-hmm. He's, Joanna's going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, descending into the next valley, he came to a trail marked by white blazes. I'm actually not sure what that is. Um, and he remembered his granddaughter had said that she had seen a waterfall uh-huh. and when she was out hiking. So he's like, she'll know where I am. I'll just call her. Oh. So he calls his granddaughter and is like, 
tries to describe the ravine and the rock wall and the white blaze trail and that he thought would probably take him back to his Jeep. And he was like, it looks pretty easy. His granddaughter was like, no, I don't think that's the trail that you want. <laughs> you should probably just head back up to the ridge line and go the long way. Uh-huh. Like, you need to quit trying to take these shortcuts. Right, right, right. He's like, no, nah, girl, I got to figure it oh out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he actually realized that he was talking to dead air. His phone had died. Oh, no. So he dug into his pants f- to look for the GPS device that he always brought oh, with okay. him. Thinking that's, that's smart. It's in case of emergency. And he went to go push it on, but he had forgotten to charge it. No. So really, at this point, he's got no way of anyone discovering where he is like he's nothing on him that can help figure out where he is yeah so um he takes this trail that's sort of angling downward in the right direction (laughs) he's like let's go let's do it so he begins to climb he's still trying to make his way to his jeep so he again tried to take another shortcut and he began bushwhacking like trying to make his way through the brush stopping occasionally to adjust course and he reached the valley he reached the valley he was hoping to reach but there was no road it's clear that he is not where he thought he oh was my God. No. he's like nope i'm lost <laughs> he said to himself but his eye had caught a t- uh, a stand of tall trees and he remembered admiring those same trees back when he first started his hike so he's okay. like i'll just make my way to those trees So he starts to, he was like, my car can't be that far off, so I'm just going to go. How bad could it be? So as it turns out, uh, it could be very bad. So loggers had logged the area, and so he just sort of figured it would just be easy walking through there. But turns out they leave behind all of the branches and everything. So the entire... Mm like floor of the forest is just covered in all these branches branches. and so he's just really having to like pick his way through Mm -hmm. yeah there's briars there's vines there's branches and all kinds of crap that just makes it really difficult to traverse this this area which he thought would just be like no problem Mm -hmm. So he said to himself, crawling through barbed wire in Korea would have been easier than this. (laughs) And he just realized he's moving slower and slower. And Joanna's be home by 3 p.m. deadline is long gone. Yeah. Uh. So eventually the the sun goes down and the forest turns pitch black. Uh, He hadn't brought a flashlight and his legs are just quivering because at this point he's probably walked over 15 miles. That's in the snow, right? Well, actually, I don't know how snowy it is. It's really cold. I see. Okay. I think I did say it was snowing earlier, but I guess it just said winter. So I I think I took that for snow. Oh. So I think it's just cold, but not necessarily wintry. It's so cold, man. snowy. So I apologize. Um, And he said... McDonald, you've really done it this time. You're one dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a son of a bee, but I went ahead and just yeah. added in the extra. I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah, I yeah. am. So, Bill McDonald Jr. Mm-hmm. Now, um, he's at that football game, and he gets a text from his niece. It's like, 
hey, I heard from Grandpa around two, and now I haven't heard him from him in oh. a while. He's he's not answering his phone because, of course, his phone is dead. Yeah. And Bill Jr.'s like, I'm sure he just ignored you and took a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in fact, he did. Yeah. Bill Jr. knew that his dad was in good shape. He could probably easily cover 10 miles with all of his winter um, gear on. But he'd been coming more forgetful as mm. he'd gotten older. And so they decided to call 911. They're like, he may be in trouble. So Bill heads to Winchester where he finds his mom in a complete panic because Bill Sr. is not home. She's rifling through all of her paperwork to figure out what to do in case he's dead. And she's just like losing her mind. And so he's like, we're going to, we're going to work this out. So they call, uh, Captain Wesley Dellinger of Shenandoah County Sheriff's Office. Okay. And they spring into action to try to find our missing Bill. Having made a few wrong turns in the woods himself, he was like, yeah, I can see how easy it could get lost out here. Um, You know, you think you know where you are, and then all of a sudden, you don't know where you are. So he ordered a command post to be set up near the trailhead where Bill first started. At this point, it's about 6.30 p.m., and... They assembled personnel from an hour's radius in every direction. So they had people coming from all over oh, wow. to come help look for Bill. That's great. They had his last location, um, but unfortunately it was far too rugged and remote to try to even attempt a ground search for him at that point. Oh. There was no moon above. It's dark out. So it's just not safe for the others to go oh, out. Okay. So they had to um, kind of bring everyone back and then around 9 p.m. they decide to send up a helicopter oh okay and so at 9 45 bill out in the woods here's this whoop 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 you're welcome yeah for that's that. great <laughs> flop 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 <laughs> <laughs> whoop 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 there it is of the helicopter he looked up from his like little makeshift bed that he had created for himself of pine needles oh, so he could spend gosh. the night and he saw the helicopter and was like, woohoo! And so he's calling out and he's waving his arms. Yeah. He's doing everything. And, you know, and I'm here, I'm here. And unfortunately, the uh, brush above him, like, the trees were just too thick. And uh. they just couldn't see down. And so no. he heard it. The lights went away and the sound went away. And so it was quieter very realistic. Thank you. I do what I can. I like to set the scene. Yeah, it's great. I paint a picture. I was there. They were like feeling a little bit bummed out that they couldn't, there was, they hadn't found him and they had to sort of stop the search for the night. Mm. So around midnight, um, the captain got a phone call that was another county offering their drone. And so apparently this is like a $94,000 drone and the town in which they got it, like the people were not pleased (laughs) because it was so expensive and it actually hadn't really done a whole lot at that point. Well, this is a perfect opportunity to put that money to use. It's a perfect opportunity to put that baby to use. (laughs) (laughs) Decided to uh, get it up in the air, like sort of first thing in the morning. This is the first time that they're going to fly this drone in a real rescue situation. Any failure would mean, like, all of the people who criticized it would be right. And so they felt like there was a lot on the line <laughs> for the yeah, for making yeah. uh, this drone, you know, 
be a good purchase. So I guess you can see uh, the nose on a guy's face from 400 feet up. Whoa. So, I mean, it's really high definition. So at 9 a.m., it was time to, time to send the drone up. So they worked the joysticks and they worked out the adjustments and started sending the drone looking through the tall trees. So all the while they're getting this drone set up, Bill awakens <laughs> in the forest and he gets up and... So he survived the night. Like, yeah, he, he survived the night. The cold and... Um, fortunately, he had a lot of winter gear on. Oh, that's and good. Okay. he's no stranger to sleeping out of doors due to the wars he was in. Oh, of course. And so he just hunkered down and... Made his bed. Made his bed of pine needles. And then here we are, 7 a.m. He got a few snacks, ate a little bit, and now he's ready to get up and sort of see where he is. And he looks up, and there's that damn stand of trees that he had been trying to get to, like, a few hundred yards away. (gasps) And he's like, oh, my goodness. You've got to be kidding me. It was right there, but, you know, it had gotten so dark and everything. So it took him about 15 minutes to get to that big... Um, oh, okay. The big trees. From there, he's able to sort of get back up to the ridge line, so out of the valley mm. and back up to a higher, higher spot. So he really began pushing himself because at this point he figures there's people out tracking him, right? And he wants to beat those trackers to his jeep so they don't have to rescue him. He can rescue himself. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so funny. I know. I love Bill. But the deputies had the drone up, yeah. and in after about twenty minutes in the air. Uh, the battery showed to only 25%. And so they're like, we're going to have to bring it back I'll and charge it. recharge it and or switch out the battery and then they'll get it back up in the air. But they flew over the ridge line with the tall trees and they saw this neon orange dot moving through the trees and they realized it was his hunting cap. So Aww. they had found Bill's hat. Yay! And they're like, I think we have um. At this point, now Bill is walking even more briskly because I think he, like, somehow knows that they're on his trail and he wants to get there faster. (laughs) So he's hustling. Oh, my goodness. And then he sees this large black animal come, like, (gasps) bounding towards him out out of the forest. And he's like, oh, shit, is that a bear? Because yeah. he had seen some, like, animal poop and stuff. Okay. Droppings. Thank you for being nice about it. <laughs> and before he actually could reach for his gun, he realized it was a dog. Oh! <laughs> so when he saw the dog, he realized that he, in fact, had been tracked down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he heard a voice calling, Bill, William, Bill McDonald. And he's like, I'm up here. The Dang damp- it. The damn oh. trackers had beaten him after all, is what it says. <laughs> and he goes on that it's not that he's not thankful for the neat little contraption that helped rescue him <laughs> and all for the young people who trapeze through the fo- cold forest and oh search for an gosh. old timer. But he was more embarrassed and frustrated with all the fuss. <laughs> and even all the like local news channels showed up. And he was like, half, a mo- half an hour more of daylight and I would have been fine. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, Bill. So the next day, Bill Jr. was tasked with sitting his dad down and having the talk. (laughs) (laughs) He said the whole family was extremely scared, especially mom, and you can't go out alone anymore. And Bill agreed to swear he wouldn't go out hunting or hiking alone. But a week later, during a short hike with company, he waffled a bit. And he said, I need to keep that promise. 
But the idea of it drives me crazy. I just love walking in these woods alone. Oh, so that gosh. so he probably took off immediately again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill. Wow, I wish I'm like in that good of shape and mindset when I'm 92. That's amazing. I know. I'm gonna just be pissed off about my damn puzzles or something. <laughs> <laughs> I never leave the house. I like when you miss when you're missing a piece. It's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. Yeah, I. Mm. It's it's very upsetting. It is very upsetting. No, thank you. I uh, actually was missing a piece out of this Mulan puzzle I did. Uh-huh. And then I found the piece. So I had to redo the Mulan oh, puzzle so I could put that it. last I was seeing pictures of my puzzle, so that was way off track. But I know. Good job, good job Bill, and good job, Caitlin, yeah. with your puzzle <laughs> my goodness. Like crisis. Uh. <laughs> God, kill me. Wow. I love how sassy he is. And he was so sassy. confident himself. He's like, even if you guys saved me, I could have done it myself. Yeah. I was on the right way. <laughs> if you had just, just given give me, me a... more time, yeah. Exactly. Why do you have all these people out here? Gosh, just for little old me. Helicopter, drone, nah, man. Nah. I guess tra- trackers found his bed, and they could tell it was like a professionally made outdoor bed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With all the like branches and yeah. pine needles, just so and. That's amazing. Yeah. We all should learn that. We probably should. Just in case. Yeah. Ugh. Sad. Don't come apocalypse. We don't want you. Yeah. I think some people are actually like, they're ready for it. Like, we've been waiting for this day. We're prepared. <laughs> for so long. Yeah. Oh, uh, girl, goodness. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish my butter beer. Uh, nor I. But we do have a new uh, drink suggestion, so we'll do it next time. But Lisa from the radio station, her friend, like, created a drink, I believe, and so she sent us the recipe. So we're going to try that next time. All right. Reality Bites next time. Yep. Reality Bites. That's, that's what it's called. That's the name of the drink. So we'll shelf this one for now. And maybe I know. We'll, we'll, no, sorry. It, Nick loved it. Did I mean, he? I, yeah, he did. He okay. liked it a lot. We're just going to have to go back to the cold butter beer. I, yeah, maybe cold. It's, it's cream soda, butter shots, and whipped vodka with a mm. little uh, whipped cream on top. That sounds good, too. Done and done. That's the one we did last I time. I do like the like the frozen butter beer like in the Harry Potter world, mm. whatever. It's very tasty. That's what I was trying to go for, but with a warm version. Yeah. It was garbage. It was okay. Yeah, it could have been better. All right, well... <laughs> Well, we hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. You should probably cut out and... all the part where we trash the drink. Good Lord. We'll keep a little in. <laughs> uh, but uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All right. All right. Woo-woo. Bye. Bye. Bye.